Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 82 of Season 4 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com on Harry Met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me again today is Marcy and Roger Wister of The Roadhouse Minute, 12 Days of White Christmas, and The Speed Minute. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hi, hey, Rob. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I'm... Uh, I'm ready I'm, to get slapped. My, 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 I was going to say, my, my face is burning a little bit from, from the, the huge slap that I'm about to get. But uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> still, still works, still works. So minute 82 begins with Sally responding violently, both physically and verbally, and ends with Sally dragging a tree through the snow. So yesterday we, yeah. we ended things with Harry and Sally having this little bit of an argument. And... Harry basically says, without saying it, that, you know, he, he couldn't help himself. He needed to stay there because, you know, Sally just needed him. And she said, what, do you pity me? And he goes, no. And this minute begins with her screaming, fuck you, and then smacking him at the exact same time. Great response by, by Meg Ryan. And I'm assuming that people who were watching this movie for the first time probably don't expect that to happen. You know, I don't think that that you would think that the character of Sally would respond this way in any uh, scenario because of, of everything that we've dealt with over the last 81 minutes. You know, yeah, she seems, is kind of she seems a more of a prude. Yeah, yeah, she seems more of a prude and, and uh, you know, uh, she seems very calm and collective, uh, sometimes anal retentive about things. But you wouldn't expect this type of outburst from from Sally. So I, I think I would that, say I think that's what they were going for though. I would say the end of this minute. So yesterday I guess I was sort of trying to referee between these two. I would say the beginning of this conversation is bad for Harry and I would say the end of this conversation bad for him too. Like I really don't think he should have tried to essentially blame her sorrow for why they ended up having sex with each other. That's not a good thing to say to your friend. I'm not no. saying he deserved to get slapped, but he, he's in the wrong at the end of this conversation. Yes, I completely agree with you on that. Marcy, do you Have, agree with us? Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I was just going to ask if either of you two have been slapped. I'm happy to say, and Marcy, I think you can back me up on this, that in our almost 20 years of marriage now, there's never been any sort of physical altercation. No, I'm not. Well, I figured like I figured Marcy would know the answer to that. I think she was asking beforehand, but Roger. I I don't think I've <laughs> ever been. I've never been. I've never been in a fight. I almost fight with a girl in high school. You, oh, you told that story once. Yeah, have you, Marcy, have you ever been slapped? No, I've not ever been slapped. I've never slapped anybody. Um. I guess that's not my go-to move is to be physical with other people. And, I, like uh, the way that, I like the way that they stage it, too. Uh, I mean, obviously, you have to do it this way to see that Billy Crystal is probably not actually getting slapped. But I also I like the way that the result of him getting slapped is him just basically almost looking into the camera. With yeah. It's like, oh, God, like our relationship is over now. And I love the way I that also... he blinks. He blinks like three times as he's doing that. Yeah, I also really like that he has like a big red slap mark on his face when you see him come out in front of all the people to get the toast. 
And, you know, sometimes I think they miss that kind of piece where, oh, yeah. yeah, somebody actually got hurt. He actually has like a big red mark on his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you're very good at that in the movies that we've talked about, Marcy, about sort of recognizing the appropriateness or inappropriateness of the wounds that have been put on people. (laughs) I, you know what, before you pointed that out, I did not even notice that he basically has like a whole like strawberry mark on the side of his face. Yeah. I really like that. Um, And, you know, it's great continuity also. I have only been near a few other people that have gotten physical with each other. And like, it's a super uncomfortable situation. Like there's some very high emotions when that happens. And then, to have these two people have this altercation and then basically have to come out and be stared at by 200 people. Um, it like, I can see the discomfort all over them. And, um, I just wish that they had a little bit more privacy to be able to creep out of that room. I feel badly for them. Can I tell a quick story about that? Before you do that, I want to answer Marcy's question because she asked me, she asked, she, she asked both of us if we've been slapped. Um, thankfully I've never been slapped. No, <laughs> I've been in situations where I probably should have been slapped, uh, but it never, never happened. <laughs> me too. Me too. But Marcy's very nice to me. That's right. I was no. going to say my wife is very nice. And that, you know, that's the reason. So, yes, my story is not about Marcy and me, but it is about uh, public confrontations. The only time I've seen anything close to this, I was being dragged along to my one of my dad's college reunions. And it was one of those things where they have like a big social cocktail party at like uh in like a ballroom kind of like this one and you know since i was like eight or nine years old i was really bored and i just sort of like wandered started wandering away from the main uh throng of people and i i will always remember this i don't remember the like the context i don't remember what was said but i saw a woman throw uh, throw her glass of wine at another woman oh like in the face so I, I can only imagine what it is that provoked that sort of uh, confrontation. Uh, I wish I could remember it because it would be so delicious now. <laughs> <laughs> you, sh- you should ask your father. Yeah. I, I, I wish I could, well, but yeah. he, he wouldn't remember it either. Like he wasn't oh. there. That's the thing. It, this was just me off with these two women that <laughs> who knows. I, 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 I on stories, but that, that's what happened. Okay. All right. That's, that's fair. So then the next shot shows the two of them. Uh, it shows uh, Jess and Marie on the the bandstand. You know, they're both holding uh, glasses of wine. They're holding hands also at the same time. And Jess gives a uh, toast. He goes, everybody, can I please have your attention? I'd like to propose a toast to Harry and Sally. And as he's talking, that's when the two of them come come back out into the ballroom. You know, and we get to see the two of them. Uh, and we see, you know, first first Sally shows up, and then a few seconds, and like a second or two later, Harry comes right behind her, and everybody basically starts starts laughing and clapping throughout this whole the, this this whole toast that he's giving, which which to me is very strange because it basically means that everybody in the room knows who Harry and Sally are, you know. Well, I mean, I think you can laugh at the joke. Can we talk about Jess's toast? Well, let, let's finish the toast, and then, then we'll talk about it, yes. So then sure. he says, to Harry and Sally, if Maria or I had found either of them remotely attractive, we would not be here today. Mm-hmm. And everybody starts clapping and laughing, and then we, we get a zoom in on the faces of both Harry and Sally, and Harry sort of like fake smiles, 
And you can see that Sally is quite embarrassed. So, yes, Roger, what would you like to say about this toast? So, Marcy, you had to give a speech. I was the one who gave the speech at our rehearsal dinner, and you gave the speech at our at the, the wedding reception itself, as I think is typically customary. Um, but, like, your speech was very nice. It was not pithy like this. What, Marcy, what did you think of this little zinger from Jess? Well, um, it kind of just seemed very New York to me. Like, we're just going to, like, zing our friends and, like, yeah. be a little harsh. Um but, you know, it's also the truth. You know, these two people, when they went on that double date, um, were having no interest in Harry and Sally. But And I do think that lots of people would probably know who they are because they are the best friends of these folks and probably have been best friends for a long time. Um, but, you know, it's also a little surprising that they hadn't met each other before that double date. So I don't know. Yeah, that's something we discussed, that, that it's very strange that they were together for a few months and, you know, neither one of them met their best friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, but, I think, I, I agree with you, you know, I'm glad you said that, Mark. That's like a very New York-y thing to say, or a very Nora Ephron-y thing to say. Um, it's, 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 it's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. But it, it also seems like the kind of thing that, the the groom at a wedding at the reception once they can kind of catch their breath um might say because like you never think you're funnier or more entertaining than when you're at your own wedding <laughs> like i'm sure i'm sure he thinks that this joke is a lot funnier than it actually is well people are laughing <laughs> so maybe well they're all or, they, or are they laughing because it's the groom who's making the making the toast i think there's part of that too i think it's a lot of like oh aren't you a cad jess yeah, I mean earlier earlier we, we we've talked about toasts before on this show, so I'm not really going to go into the history of of toasts sure. and stuff like that. I mean, I'll, I'll just quickly mention: do, do either of you know where the, the 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 idea of a toast came from? I don't. It was the it's idea of, about of putting a piece of toast in your in your drink to like give it some extra pizzazz. I think. Okay, that's one of the two uh, explanations where people would have flavored drinks with spiced toast. But the other one is because people were were concerned about poisoning, so they would clink their glasses together, letting the the, the drink spill into the other person's uh, glass, so that you would be oh. that you would know everybody dies. that you're not being that you're <laughs> not being poisoned, or everyone dies exactly. <laughs> one one of those two uh, possibilities. Now, I, I mean, for me, that the irony of the whole idea of a toast is that the toast is not really the speech. The toast is the line at the end, you know, when you say to Harry and Sally or right, whatever, yeah. the, you know, it's, you have your speech and then the, the, the way that the speech culminates is the toast itself. I think it's interesting what Sally and Harry choose to do in this minute. Like Sally is just like stone face and Harry looks at Sally. Mm. She's stone face, but, but you can see that she's embarrassed. Yeah. But like, she doesn't look at him. No, because I, I think he looks at her because he's looking for a different type of response from her. You know, maybe he's looking for, for her to, you know, to also fake smile like he is, as opposed to just, you know, having a blank look on her face. Mm, yeah. Yeah, or maybe just to look at him. Like, I think I think he realizes in this minute, like, I'm dead to her. Mm. Well, because he's got that big raspberry, uh, you know, on his face. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, people can have arguments and still like, 
you know, work things out, even if yeah. they slap each other like this. This is different. Like this is there's a there's a wedge between them that we're not going to settle until the very end of the movie. Sure. Well, How I mean, often that's... do you have do people have an argument where they wind up like fuing the other person? And I mean, that's pretty strong. Well, well I think in movies it happens I... now nowadays more often than it did in movies in the 80s. Yeah. I hate to say this, Marcy, but I feel like perhaps our our circle of friends is not necessarily representative of all relationships. And I think there might be some relationships with more conflict than than we're used to seeing. Right. Oh, oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, when have I ever had a conversation with somebody where I told them to F off? Like, mm, never. Well, I've generally only said it, you know, jokingly to somebody. Oh never, yeah, for sure. You know, All yeah. the time. Exactly. Never, never said yeah. it to anyone uh, where I really meant it. I guess you can say. Yeah. But she means it. <laughs> There's no question here. Yeah, completely. And then, uh, so is there anything else you guys want to say about the the wedding before we move on to the next scene? Nope. Nope. Right. Okay. So then the the, the scene changes, and I I like the fact that that they give us basically a rerun of a scene that we had a year ago, but this time Sally's by herself. You know, we last, last year when the two of them were together as friends. So they were at this exact same, uh, Christmas tree shop, I guess you can say, or whatever. And, you know, Harry was there to help her. And this time he's not, and she needs to deal with this all by herself. And you can see that she's not very happy that she has to deal with it all by herself (laughs) because of the way that she's dragging things uh, along. So the first thing I did when I, when I was looking at this was I saw that that there's a phone number, you know, we don't know the full name of the store. It's something and Sun wholesale. And then there's a phone number. So I looked up the phone number uh, to see if the store is still around because I, you know, it's very possible. And apparently that same location or the same, sorry, that same phone number is for a company called Plant Shed, where you can go and buy like plants, indoor plants and stuff like that, which I I find really funny that, you know, 33 years later, 34 years later, um, the same number is for a plant store. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, Rob, I don't know if you know this, but in addition to being our fashion correspondent on Roadhouse Minute, so our horticultural consultant, so I think it it should be exciting to both of us that this is a real plant store in New York City. Yeah, it's great. It's it's weird that they call it a shed because you know it's obviously like in the middle of a busy street. Right. But my, my assumption is nowadays people are probably buying most of the stuff online. <laughs> that's that's un, unfortunately the way that that, that things are. But uh, who knows? Well, even for plants though, Marcy, I don't know. Would you buy plants online? Uh, no, I wouldn't. No, not. We but I'm assuming there are people who would and then get it delivered system. to their house, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Rob, so just kind of riffing off of what you said before, I, I think I do like how kind of the rest of this week we're going to see a lot of, like, callbacks yes. to the time mm-hmm. that they spent together. Was and that like, a pun by saying callbacks? Week, well, <laughs> sort of, but not really. Um, I mean, I think it's it's – I think the rest of this week, if we had to sort of label it, is like, here's a relationship in dysfunction. Yes. Correct. And that, that's that's what they're trying to show us, that, that the two of them need each other. Yeah. So, 
you know, that's what it comes down to. And then uh, the music starts in the background. And as this, as she's buying the, 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 the tree and do, did either of you uh, notice what, what song is being played? I did. We can talk about it now or we can talk about it tomorrow when literally the only thing that happens is that Sally did the tree. No, we're going to talk about it today. Okay, I, I well, I'm excited about, about it. Tell, tell, us, tell us about it. And then, of course, we have a special connection to this song. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. I, I know you do. <laughs> so the song is called Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It was written in 1943 by Hugh Martin and Ralph Blaine. And it was first used in the musical Meet Me in St. Louis with Judy Garland singing it. And Frank Sinatra recorded a version of it that uh, has become uh, quite popular. So, yeah. So I was saying how there's a that we have a special connection to this because um, of your 12 if, days I of think, Christmas. Well, yes. But more than that, I'm pretty sure that this is actually the Bing Crosby version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. If you look at the, at the soundtrack, um, it's being performed, yes, by Derbingle himself. Yes, it was Bing, Bing, Crosby, Bing Crosby. OK, you're right. Which uh, which which is of course, of a very special for us because of, you know, our love of White Christmas and our 12 Days of White Christmas podcast. Mm -hmm. um, there's no Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas in that movie, but it's always nice to hear uh, Bing Crosby again. Yes. And I, I love the way that, you know, we see her struggling so much with it because they're really trying to emphasize here that she can't do this by herself. She needs someone to help her and she doesn't have anyone who can. You know, because we see that the, the tree falls down and then she picks it up and then it she starts carrying it a little bit and then it falls again on the way and things like that. So it's 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 trying to show us that, you know, she needs Harry for this type of thing. I have a slightly different take on this, but Marcy, what did you think about? Well, I mean, we really don't get to see very much tree in this minute, but I feel like this. What are you talking about? We get to see we get to see. 25 seconds of this tree. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So, Marcy, what did you what did you think about Sally carrying the tree in this minute? Well, she has a lot of um, awkward attempts to start with, right? She doesn't quite get herself in the right position, and she's just being very weird about it. Um, but it does, you know, it does give you that sense of like, oh, here's somebody that could use a hand and could use a friend. Um, and she's, she's definitely struggling on her own. Um, and it, you know, it kind of puts a finger on being alone and being, um, alone at the holidays is always kind of hard for people. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a sad moment for sure. I think all those things are true. I'm going to add to that though. Cause like uh, sooner or later she figures it out. Like she yeah. is attempting to carry this tree in the most awkward way possible as soon as she realizes that you should be dragging a tree trunk first um it's it's not that hard <laughs> so like uh and and rob so we have a we have a younger child he's 11 right now mm -hmm. he has a tendency to when things start going badly to kind of get all up in his feelings and let things spiral out of control and that's what i saw her do in this minute it's like she tries something it doesn't work she gets mad she tries something else it doesn't work she gets even madder like she is kind of getting herself all worked up into a tizzy about this tree and then finally she's just like oh and then she starts like away like yes right. all the stuff that you're saying about mm -hmm. being alone is true um but i also think it's it's telling us i think this 
this section is also telling us that her she's she's in sort of a very fragile emotional state right now because of what happened between her and Harry. Right, obviously. You know, that that that, that we can tell. She's trying to figure out how to get over it and she doesn't know right. how. You know, right. but I, I think also part of it is, is that, I mean, we don't know how far she needs to take this tree. Mm. You know, you see, you said that that towards the end, you can see that she finally figures it out. I mean, I think tomorrow we'll actually see that she figures out how to how to start dragging it. But, you know, she might have to drag it four or five blocks. Who knows? You know, it's not yeah. as if her apartment is right there. I mean, it could be. But, you it's know, it's a big tree. Well, it's not as big as the one she Wait. had last year. Last year, she had a bigger tree. Uh, because I, which, which I think also is the point that they're trying to, to show here that she's buying a shorter tree because she knows she needs to take care of it herself, as opposed to having help from Harry to drag the tree. We haven't had a real Christmas tree in ever, right, Marcy? Did we ever have a real Christmas tree? Mm, I don't think so. We're strictly an out of the family. Yeah. You're strictly a what Did family? You all, like a... Artificial Christmas tree. Oh, artificial. We keep it in okay. a box all okay. year. Yeah. Do so you use the same Did one every year? All? Yes. Well, until it breaks, and then we buy a new one. So we probably had our first tree for 15, almost yeah. 20 years. Um, but all the lights started going out on it. Okay. Did you That's all fair. have anything when you first, like when you were living in an apartment or anything where, like, you just absolutely struggled through doing something like this for yourself when you had an alone moment that you were trying to like bring a mattress into the building or anything. Um, I've, I've, I mean, I've had that now, you know, there was there, a few months ago, uh, my, my two daughters wanted to, to, to switch around the furniture in the room and I had to do it all myself, you know, yeah. because, because my wife had to take someone, one of the kids somewhere. And so I was moving it all around myself and, and, you know, it's, it's moving this one a little bit and then having to go to the other side and moving something else slightly and just a little bit, you know, it took, it took me like an hour to move everything. And it was, it was obviously very frustrating to do it that way. So, yeah. I, you know, I've, I've been in those types of situations, but not the same as Sally where, you know, she knows this is all on herself. You know, no one's going to show up to, you know, to, to, to help her along the way. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see how exhausted tomorrow she is when yes. she finally gets in the door. But, like, I've never lived above the fourth floor, and I've never lived in a big apartment building. And now that I don't anymore, I don't think I ever want to live in a place <laughs> that I can't enter at ground level. Okay, that, yeah. that is completely fair. I completely agree with you on that. All right, so do you have do you, either of you have anything to say before the uh, we get to the script? No. Nope. Okay, so the the script here... We're, uh, today we're really just going to talk about the, the there's minimal dialogue obviously in this minute but there's a lot of uh direction which i, I want to quickly read through so back to the to the reception the it says sally slaps harry across the face then bursts out of the kitchen with a stunned harry right behind her the entire wedding party is assembled around the bandstand the band is playing some kind of musical riff that signals that attention must be paid Sally comes to a stop. Harry is just behind her. There's a crowd of guests assembled in a knot with Jess and Marie. Their arms around each other, standing there with their champagne glasses. Jess is in front of the microphone. And then Jess says he wants to propose a toast. Says the entire crowd turns towards the two of them after he mentions Harry and Sally. And then, you know, he has the rest of his toast where he says about that, uh, you know, 
He's glad that neither of them were remotely attracted. And then it says, everyone laughs and raises their glasses to Harry and Sally. Marie takes her wedding bouquet and lobs it into the air straight at Sally. For a moment, we think that Sally isn't going to make a move for it. She's just going to let it land on the floor. But at the last moment, she reaches out and catches it. And then it says the camera should hold on her. And then uh, it, it talks about, uh, it says Christmas in New York. Everywhere you look, twinkling lights and happy children and people carrying home big presents and Santa Claus is ringing bells on the street corners. Sally in mm. jeans and a plaid jacket has just bought her Christmas tree and the salesman has finished putting plastic netting around it. Sally starts to carry the tree. It's very heavy. The top of it dragging slightly behind her and she's leaving a little trail of pine needles behind her as she starts home. But she's going to carry this damn tree home alone, even if it kills her. So, oh, I like how they changed that around. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. I like yeah. that they didn't emphasize like Christmas in New York and they're just kind of like focused on her making her transaction and then moving yeah. along with the tree. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, and I'm I, glad they cut out the, the bouquet. Me yeah. too. I think I, I think there's nothing that should happen at the end of that wedding scene that should give us any feeling of hope. Correct. No. And, Correct. you know, these women are in their 30s, right? She's like She's 32. 32 or She's 32. Something. Sally's 32. I think Marie's a little bit older. Yeah. There's just some some wedding traditions that seem a little too young as you get a little older and get married. And, like, throwing of the bouquet, the throwing of the garter, those, those things kind of seem, like, juvenile to me. Right. Did you, so, Marcy, did you do the bouquet at our wedding? I can't remember. No, I didn't do that. I've I've been to an occasional wedding where they do the garter, and I got to tell you, every time it makes me super uncomfortable. Yeah, it should. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that one. I mean, basically, also, I, I think it would have been very strange having her throw the bouquet if, you know, Sally is her only bridesmaid. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's not like you would have, you know, there are movies where you have a whole crowd of, of women that are, that all want to catch the bouquet and, you know, to have something here where it's just Sally. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Is a, is, are the bridesmaids the only people that are eligible to play that game? No, oh. no, no, no. Any, anybody can be in there. There you go. Yeah. But I, th I think what they're trying to show here also is, is that because part of the conversation that, that we ended last week was somebody was saying, you know, her friend, Alice, was saying, okay, now it's your turn. And it, it made it seem mm. as if there really weren't that many single people at this wedding. No, nope, probably not. If you're yeah. in your early 30s, exactly. a lot of people are hooked up by then. Correct. All right, so every Tuesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Dating Courting Edition where my guest will give some sort of uh, story, adventure, misadventure, anecdote, something that happened to them over the course of their life that's somehow related to dating or courting. So, Marcy, I understand you want to go first. So, yeah, what, what so, story do you have? Um, so, Roger and I um, did meet online, but not in the way that all of our students that we live and work with think. Um, I hope they don't listen to this podcast. Through... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're they're going to get some truth right now. Um, they think that we met through a World of Warcraft chat what? room. Is that right, Roger? That's that what is... you told me. I never told you that. Didn't you say that they thought that we met online through a World of Warcraft? No, this is some weird Mandela effect that's going on in your head what? right now. Tell well, the real, tell the real story. Okay, well, this is what you said to me one day, and I forget that's... nothing. So that's I, <laughs> um, 
Roger and I met through online dating in January of 2002. So this was like at the very um, beginning of it. And I remember going to my local library and um, sitting on a shared computer and looking at the the chat, the history of who had seen, like what websites they'd been to. And they were on this dating service. And so I was out of college just a little bit and thought I would try it out. Um, Roger, do you remember what the dating service was? It's well, you know, we'll give them free advertising right now. It, I don't even know if they're still in business. It was matchmaker.com matchmaker.com. So I filled out a profile and, um, Roger contacted me during that week. And then the next Saturday we had our first date, which was really exciting. And we decided that we were going to, we were going to meet in the middle, which for us was triangulated as Northampton, Massachusetts. And we both set out and we met each other in Northampton um, just as the first flake snowstorm started to fall. And we had a really great time. We went out to coffee and then we went out to dinner at Indian food. And which um, I hate. Ro Roger hates Indian food and it ate, it also hates him. So he made <laughs> his way through that, <laughs> that night um, suffering a little bit. Uh, and we also went out swing dancing, which I didn't know how to do, um, but was super fun. And Roger had some skills in that area. So we had this great dance and had a good time watching other people dance. And also, um, Roger being generous about my dancing skills and we left and there was a foot of snow on the ground and we got back to my car and my car had frozen shut all four of the doors. So I had to open the trunk and climb through the hatchback to get inside my car to like bust open one of the doors. Oh, wow. Um, and we had our first kiss and we left and I don't remember anything that happened after that, that night. <laughs> is this, is this why you only buy cars with the hatchbacks? Because you were traumatized by this experience? No. Getting it's, frozen out of your car? <laughs> it's really the visibility, but I do like the shape best. Um, uh, it was a, a great, fun night. It's a great story. And and what Marcy is saying is true. Like when when I used to tell people way back then, like, you know, how did we meet? I I would always tell people, well, I I answered a personal ad because back then, if you said, well, we met online, people think that you met in a World of Warcraft chat room or <laughs> you met yeah. on Craigslist or something like that. Like, yeah, like it, 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 uh, the online portion of our relationship lasted for about four days. And it, it was super innocent at that time. Like literally you were looking at lines of text that said, Roger is a teacher. He's acapella music and, um, you know, some other random facts about him. I don't remember any pictures. Do you, Roger? I think there were pictures. I don't remember putting one up for me. So you must've just trusted that things were going to be okay there. Um, but it it was there was nothing of swiping or you know getting too far into it because I remember yeah. like also it was connected to my email so it like whatever communication we had went from that profile into email very quickly and then I didn't have a cell phone so I think you probably called me when I was living at my dad's house to figure I, out where we we're gonna meet. I also had none cell phones. Yeah, so I would say we had a very normal start to we had a very unusual start to our relationship, but then it progressed very normally. Very nice. 
That's a that's a great story. And thank you guys for sharing and, and hopefully none of your students are listening. <laughs> I'm okay if they are. We met in a very nice way. And you know, they say that relationships that are started through online dating sites are often more stable and longer lasting than people that just hook up in a bar. Oh, well, we've never gone to a bar, so we're all set there. Yep. <laughs> okay. <sighs> that is definitely fair. All right. So Roger, do you want to let people know once again how they can, where they can find you guys? I would love to. Well, in honor of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, I would encourage uh, all of your listeners to come to our sophomore effort, which was the 12 Days of White Christmas, which was a limited series that came out last winter um, in the 12 days leading up to Christmas. Um, so we talk about the movie White Christmas in 10-minute chunks. Um, and uh, I guess a lot of people like it because we have more downloads from those 12 episodes than we did for the entire run of Roadhouse Minute. Uh, and I would strongly encourage all of you to to come over and, and find us there if you like White Christmas as much as we do. Wow, great. And while you're doing that, go, you can go rate, review, and subscribe to any podcast you might be using to listen to the show. Finding me is quite simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Or you can go directly to my website, movearoundminute.com. Calm. So, until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. With all your faults, I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.